Let's talk about prevention. So I think prevention, you know, I I use the word prejuvenation. It's being in a maintenance mode and not being in a corrective mode. It's the people that walk in and they're like, I feel like I want to start doing something. And then we put them on, you know, whether it's a vitamin C, a retinol, whether they're doing, you know, baby clear and brilliance. Botox is such a big preventer. People will say, I'm too young to do Botox. And I'm like, it's not really an age thing. It's a muscle movement thing. So you can see a 70 year old woman who has no movement up here and she just doesn't have it. And she may not be a great Botox candidate, but you could see a 25 year old girl that makes a ton of expression lines that are eventually gonna get ingrained into her forehead and doing preventative quote unquote baby Botox, which really just means small amounts can kind of help soften that so she doesn't get into a corrective phase where she has to resurface. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bougie Best Friend Podcast. I'm your host, Coco, and today's episode, we're going to discuss all about skin. I am so passionate about skin and good skin health, and with the years of experience of working in the beauty industry, I realized that good skin comes first and makeup comes second. As your Bougie Best Friend, I'm very picky and selective when people are, you know, doing my facials or any type of body treatments because I've been through a lot. I don't even know how many times I got a facial in my life. And as soon as somebody starts doing something on my face, as soon as I feel the way they move their hands around my face, I know it sounds a little weird, but I can tell if they are going to be good or not. And the first time I had a facial with Amy Peterson, I realized that she's so knowledgeable about skincare. So I was like, I need to have you on my podcast. So here we are. Amy is a highly experienced medical esthetician with a rich background in advanced skincare education and technology. So this episode is all about skin health. And also we talked a little bit about mindset. Before we get into the episode, I would kindly ask you to leave a five-star rating and review if you're enjoying the show. Click that subscribe or follow button wherever you listen to your episodes. You know your reviews mean so much to me. And I'm going to read one that I recently got from somebody, Instagram handle Isamar Torres V. She's from Mexico. I can't even believe that you guys are listening to this all over the world. It's kind of wild. Okay. Review goes like this. She's everything. Okay. I already love this. This podcast is everything every woman needs to hear in order to feel empowered healthy, full of self-consciousness, and how to have a real and genuine sense of community. You will feel the change in your own mindset as soon as you include this podcast to your weekly routine. Damn, all right. I never miss an episode. Coco, please keep doing this because this show is pure gold. Anyone who hasn't listened to Bougie Best Friend must go and play an episode in order to understand what I'm talking about. This is the podcast. Oh my goodness. I am obsessed with this review. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing. And now let's hear from Amy. Amy, welcome to Bougie Best Friend Podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Today, we know you as Amy Peterson, skincare guru. I want to know about your past. When would you realize that skincare is something that you're super interested in? So I've always, um, I always loved products. I mean, that was just something uh, when other girls were buying Barbie dolls in the five and 10 or at the little stores, like I always was like, what makeup is there? What skincare products? It was just something that I naturally was very drawn to. 
you know, back then they had facials and different things like that. Um, I always wanted to go get facials. But my mom said I was too young. I really got uh, interested in it uh, more when I was in college. Uh, I was actually in a really bad car accident when I was in college and I was left with a ton okay. of scarring. And that was right around the time of when the, when like the medical aesthetics uh, platform was booming, Botox, laser hair removal, like the little trickles of things. And uh, I wanted to fix my own scarring. And I was like, this, I love the industry. I loved skin. I knew that it was just going to keep changing with innovation. And uh, I got into it really, you know, when I, when I was 23, I started. So this mm -hmm. is what I've been doing for a long time. Wow. And you mentioned something that you were, uh, as you were growing up, you wanted to get a facial and your mom told you, told you that you were too young. Can you ever be too young to start taking care of your skin? You know, I don't think so. I, I think there's a really big push to take care of your skin and more around, you know, sun protection and different things like that. If you think back to when like our parents were growing up, like I was on the beach, you know, my mom was like, how tan can she yeah, get? Frying. She just didn't know. Yeah, there was like a, yeah, there's like an, we were, we were, were an putting unknown, olive oil so on our skin to like be more dark. <laughs> which I would never do. Yeah. Today. My mom was laying on tin foil with baby oil and it was like, there was still like tanning memberships and different things around. So yeah, I don't think it's ever too early. I wish I would have started probably even earlier than I did. Luckily, um, you know, when I was 20, I was really good with skin, with skincare and my own regimen. I just, for me, it was a ritual that I like to do and it was something I always did. So I don't think it's too young. I think that People can do things in excess at a young age, which is not necessary. But I always think prevention um, for young people getting, you know, cleaning facials and stuff is really great. It's also that, you know, I'm one of five kids. It's not like my mom had all this, you know, the, the facials have changed. It's not just like a hotel mm -hmm. spa facial now that's maybe $200 that maybe she couldn't do for me back then. You know, mm -hmm. we have a teen facial here that we try to make affordable. So I don't think there's ever mm -hmm. like never too early to start taking care of your skin or preventing damage. Let's talk about your skincare routine in general. If somebody is not really, you know, they're a little bit confused. There's so many products out there. They're kind of confused with the order of like, what you should you use serum first or moisturizer? Can you walk us through like a very basic skincare routine? So the easiest rule of thumb is always thinnest to thickest. Makes sense. You know, glob a big moisturizer on your hand and then try to put a serum through it. It's just not going to work. So, you know, you always have cleansing at the beginning, SPF the end, and then thinnest to thickest. When you're dealing with the more advanced, you got to be a little careful with how you're using retinol and things like that. But really, you should be under, under the guidance of someone when you're doing that because they are prescription products. But thinnest to thickest is a great regimen. I will say, as far as like what products, a great first like safety, like what everyone should kind of be doing I feel like vitamin C and hyaluronic acid are two ingredients that like everybody can, can be on, including men. And in my dream world, those are combined into one. So it's not like an extra step. Uh, at the same time, you know, we have so many ingredients on the market and you can make it very extensive or you can make it very basic. And it doesn't have to be as expensive as everyone thinks. I think that's a big misconception. Mm -hmm. What about cleansing? I feel like a lot of people are not really cleansing properly or they're maybe just like using a face wash in the shower, but they're not getting deep in to get rid of all that dirt or makeup. Can you tell us a little bit about cleansing? Yeah, a really good rule of thumb that I use with people is always have a micellar water as your second step to cleansing because you can tell what's what hasn't come off your skin and it really helps. I think with the age of makeup and contouring and layering. I was just watching something on YouTube the other day where they're like, oh, it's all about the art and how you're layering the paint. And they're talking about foundation mm -hmm. and 
you know, different concealers. So you might be doing like 10 steps and that product, good for it. It's really staying on your face. If you're doing a basic 20 second cleanse, you're most likely not getting it off. So I always say a good rule of thumb, like micellar water, one of my favorite products, I like Bioderma, is super easy. It's like $10 and you can always make Mm -hmm. sure that that canvas is clean. So then when you apply those products, they work really well. Otherwise you're, you're kind of trying to apply all these amazing ingredients and you have, you know, cosmetics stuck in your pores. So Mm -hmm. if you want to double cleanse, if you want to have a whole ritual of cleansing, I think that's wonderful too, but I would always, always put micellar water as your next step before you start your skincare regimen. And it feels very refreshing. It doesn't make your skin feel tight or, you know, it's very different than a toner. Talk to me about SPF. Why is it so important Talk to me about products that have SPF in it. Is it as effective as SPF on its own? It's an interesting question. I think eventually um, they'll get to a point where it will be with combinations. But no, I mean, I think anybody that does skin, whether you're an esthetician, a dermatologist, you know, they will always say have a separate SPF. It just isn't going to be as effective and also you don't have the same kind of strengths. And a lot of times the ingredients in SPF don't mix with cosmetics as well. So Mm -hmm. it's just the efficacy is lost a little bit. My, what I always tell my clients is you got to find an SPF that you love. Like if you love it, you will wear it. So if you have to try Mm -hmm. 20 of them to find the one that you love, then try 20 of them. It's worth the investment. I mean, you can see, like, I, I just was looking at a twin study, which was one of the best studies ever done. They had two twin oh, women, I love those, one yeah. who used mm-hmm. SPF and one that didn't. And the, not the, the age difference, like it was remarkable what they looked mm-hmm. like. And it wasn't just the pigmentation, which is obviously a big thing, but it was like the quality of her skin, the, the wrinkles. And, you know, I would never want to be the twin that signed up to not use the SPF, but somehow they got it. And you can look up the twin study and you really see the difference. You know what I mean? A lot of people don't put a lot of weight in prevention because they can't see mm-hmm. the results, right? It's like mm-hmm. telling people to work out because you're going to prevent heart disease. They can't like see the value yeah. in it when there's so much value in prevention. Let's talk about prevention. I love that uh, topic. And I think that a lot of issues, I mean, in skin and in life in general, can be avoided if we just act better towards our skin, towards everything in our life. So talk to me about prevention. So I think prevention, you know, I I use the word prejuvenation. You know, I don't know whether I'll coin it or not, but I talk a lot about it. It's being in a maintenance mode and not being in a corrective mode. It's not having a problem and coming into the office and been like, I haven't behaved for the last 20 years. How can you help me? It's the people that walk in maybe in their late twenties, early thirties. I see it a lot. And they're like, I feel like I want to start doing something. What can I start doing as prevention? And then we put them on, you know, whether it's a vitamin C, a retinol, whether they're doing, you know, baby clear and brilliance, you know, to do, to kind of maintain their skin. Botox is such a big preventer. You know, people are so worried about Botox when it's crazy because it's like one of the one of the things that has been studied for so long. Um, my husband's mm-hmm. a surgeon; they use it in neurosurgery, you know, for hemifacial spasm. Like it's it's been studied for a long time. This cosmetic use came later, but like people will say, "I'm too young to do Botox," and I'm like, "It's not really an age thing; it's a muscle movement thing." So you can see mm-hmm. a 70 year old woman who has no movement up here and she just doesn't have it. And she may not be a great Botox candidate, but you could see a 25 year old girl 
that makes a ton of expression lines that are eventually going to get ingrained into her forehead and Mm -hmm. doing preventative quote unquote baby Botox, which really just means small amounts can kind of help soften that. So she doesn't get into a corrective phase where she has to resurface. So these are the types of things that are like prevention. Now is Botox for everyone? No, lots of people don't want to do it. And that's fine. We can find things within your arena to kind of work on, but they're little, they're subtle things. And, you know, I look at every client as like a skincare journey. Like I don't Mm -hmm. want like a line, a patient. I always think of the conveyor belt, like that one's done, that one's done. Like I want to see you through your journey. And like at different points I've had clients and we're like, we're going to work on this and this. And then I may not see them or they may just be coming in for regular facials. And then they come back and they're like, I'm feeling this sort of way or life happened. Like life Mm -hmm. can happen and certain things, stress can take a toll on your skin. So I think it's having awareness. Um, And then honestly, one of the best things that you can do is what we all kind of know is (laughs) don't, you know, don't drink in excess, don't smoke, um, (laughs) wear sunscreen, you know, take care of your body. Like you only have one. So, you know, don't eat terrible foods. Lots of, lots of inflammatory diseases of the skin are related to food, you know, by cleaning up your diet. So there's a lot of prevention, prejuvenation that can occur without this like huge expense. You know what I mean? It's just Mm -hmm. looking at all these different facets of, of your life and seeing where you can get a little bit healthier or do a little bit. I totally agree with everything you just said. Obviously I, when I stopped drinking much and when I stopped eating junk food, when I just started taking care of myself, you can see it on your skin immediately. And people are telling me like, oh, you're glowing differently. I'm like, yeah, because I'm just taking care of myself. Like my skincare routine is pretty much the same, but like your lifestyle, I mean, your skin is your biggest organ. So it all shows. You were talking about baby Botox. Can you tell me what is the difference between that and like actual Botox? And also, can you clarify different types of injectables because Botox is just a name brand, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and first of all, I'm not an injector. I don't inject. I have two of the best injectors here right now, but obviously I own this practice and I've been in this field for a long time. I know a lot about it. Anything that's done at my office, th- there is a super deep dive taken. Like mm-hmm. I know every facet of anything, even if it's not. You know, everything about everything, by the way, when I'm getting a facial with you, I feel like I'm uh, <laughs> like at a seminar. I ask you a million questions. <laughs> No, it's just that I take a deep dive in anything that is going to be representative of me. So, you know, and, mm-hmm. and all of these things are very cohesive and they work really well together. You know, I've worked in surgery, I've worked in dermatology, I've worked in all the other facets of it. So this is my opinion of how these things work. People come in and they'll say baby Botox. That's not like a new Botox. It just means doing a little bit, not, not being mm-hmm. as quote unquote frozen, right? So they just want mm-hmm. a little bit to kind of soften the look. And then some people want a more artistic approach or they want more of a lifting Botox. So it's really just a skill, you know, that, that the injector has. We also, you know, so we, there's a couple class, uh, classifications. So we have neurotoxins and those are what helps relax the muscle and soften it. So that's your, I think you were just talking about Daxi the other day. That's your mm-hmm. Botox. That's your Xeomin. That's your Dysport. And those are the ones that do that. And then you have your, hyaluronic acid-based fillers. Um, and that's kind of your Juvederm, your Restylane, your RHA. And then you have your biosimilatory products and that's your Radius, that's your Sculptra, that's your Renuva. At my practice, we're very specific of how we 
use fillers. If anyone ever compliments you on your filler, that's a big problem for me and for my practice. Mm -hmm. We do not want that. That's not our aesthetic. Um, So we take a much, you know, we use a lot of Renuva right now because it's a natural fat stimulator and we really assess fat pads and different things there. So we really like the biostimulatory family. Now for for lips, for chins, for temples, all these secret spots, preauricular mm-hmm. area, like secret spots. No one can tell that you had anything done. We sometimes use traditional filler, um, which are the, more of the ones that people know about. But you always want to ask, like, I would encourage anybody that's going to get filler, like, why are you using this one? And why don't you have the rest? At my practice, I choose to have every single one that's FDA approved on the market because we use every single one because we treat everyone very differently. That's a choice that I make. And I think it's the right choice, but I think there's a fine line between being someone that Googles every single thing and reads every single thing and believes every single thing because it is the internet. But I think there's an educated consumer that comes out there and kind of knows what these things do. I mean, people do come in here and they ask for Botox in their lips. Oh, we yeah. Do not Botox in their lips. I mean, what they really mean is they want a filler, right? But yeah. kind of understanding those guidelines. You know, I think simplicity, and that's a lot of what I'm trying to do uh, when I educate my clients is like, let's make this simple. Like one of mm-hmm. the things that I use all the time and I teach my girls and I've been a trainer for a really long time. So I've had to figure out how can I articulate what I'm saying in a manner which people will understand? So I mm-hmm. came up with this analogy of the mattress and the sheets. If you ever think back to biology class and you look at the, the dermis and the epidermis, mm-hmm. and I have a big whiteboard upstairs. And when we have our skin savant school on Saturdays, we go through and we're like, where is this device being used? Is it in the mattress or in the sheets and why? And why, why are there coils in the mattress? Why does that have to be treated differently than the sheets? And And then I talk to my clients, like they'll come in and say, well, this is, I feel like my face looks better like that. That's a mattress problem. Or they'll say, I don't like this brown right here. That's a sheet problem. These are the devices that Amy has vetted, taken a deep dive and thinks works really well here. And sometimes they have a mattress and a sheet problem. And we say, we're going to address both, but know why we're doing this versus just coming in and being like, I heard of... Mm-hmm. insert brand name a device and I want to get that done it happens a lot and I'm always like but do you even know what that is like what's the base technology and, and where is it treating so I don't know I think it's we take a good approach of education and I think understanding a little bit about the classifications of devices is important but it gets tricky out there there's a lot of stuff out there I love that analogy with a mattress and a sheet it makes so much sense because sometimes people think that they need like a filler, but they actually just need, I don't know, maybe like clean up that area from like breakouts or something. You mentioned that there's a lot of, I don't know if you said the word nonsense, but that's what I heard. (laughs) There's a lot of nonsense out there and there's a lot of things that people think they want or they saw somebody on TikTok doing it or they heard their friend had amazing results, but that they're actually not a candidate. So if you can tell me a few examples of what people come to your practice and they ask for something, but you're like, this is, you don't need that. Because I also see when I go to a practice sometimes and they have these huge posters and, you know, it's like, you know, that they got paid by the brand to push this product. So sometimes you're like, oh, you think you want, I know, I think, I don't know if we talked about this, but I feel like I saw like Morpheus 8 everywhere because they have a lot of marketing budget. So people think they all need Morpheus 8. It's funny because with the age of the internet 
and codes and affiliates and ads and everything, it gets really confusing. You're also getting this messaging from all these different people, maybe not even experts, you know, and, and there is something to be said about like, this person really likes this and believes in it. And, and they have a, a platform and they want to make a compensation from it. I get that, but it can be taken like really too far sometimes, um, especially if they don't know what they're talking about. So I think you have to be selective about who you're following and, and like their content and w- w- what they're trying to achieve there. I mean, that's one thing. I think that's just a tricky subject overall. The second thing is when, when people come into the office and they tell me something, I usually ask them why, like, wh- mm-hmm. why do you want to get this done? And it usually is. You're right. It's like my friend got it done or she had amazing results. And then I'll ask them about their friend. Like, what does your friend look like? And, and why this? And then what I do is I take a deep dive and I go through why I wouldn't choose that, why I chose what I chose. And I probably have tried out the device in some capacity because there's not really a lot on the market right now that I haven't tried or have known. That's just how I am. But I think because I was a clinical educator for so long, like I just don't buy something because it's the cool kid on the block. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just won't. Like I'll be like, I feel like this is a much better technology and this is why it's in my practice. Usually there's only about, people don't know this, but there's only about 11 or 12 base technologies on the market. You can boil like lasers down to that, okay, but there's all, these, there's all these names, right? So there's uh-huh. radio frequency microneedling. Then there's Vivace, Genius, Morpheus, blah, blah, But they're all based, Silifirm, they're all based technologies, right? And so they may vary a little bit different with like how the RF goes through the needle or this or that. So that's like the practice and the practitioner's decision to be like, why am I bringing on this technology? Now there's a, there's a business aspect too, like, What's the cost of the machine? What's this? So a lot of variables go into it. But at the end of the day, when people are like, oh, no, I would never get genius. I'll only do Morpheus. I'm like, it's the same base technology. <laughs> like they, they don't understand that it's down here. Or they'll say, my friend did, I don't even know, the Zebra 2000. And it was amazing. But they what don't know the what the Zebra 2000 is. <laughs> What's the base technology? And then what are what can you compare it to? What we're doing, what you're seeing a lot of now is these third-party treatments, I call them. So it's really interesting. It's where I do it all the time with Clear and Brilliant and IPL. I think it's a magical combination. I combine them. We call it Clear and Brilliant RX, meaning as prescribed by Skincare by Amy Peterson, we're combining these two machines. But what you'll see out there is you'll see maybe Cytons doing BBL and Moxie combined, and then they make it a third-party name. So people are like, oh, do you have this machine? Well, it's really Mm. just these two combined. So, mm-hmm. so you always want to, when you're looking for devices, we'll be like, well, what is the base technology? What is this actually doing? And then you can make an educated decision on, well, let me see what other devices are out there that claim to achieve the same thing that are the same base technology. And then I feel like you can make an informed decision. I would always, like people can come in here and literally ask me anything. And like, I've done my homework. Like, I know that. <laughs> sure and I, I will never lie. So if, if I don't know the answer, what I will say to you is, let me figure that out and I will get back to you because I think that's really important, you know, versus just like we have this on our menu, choose from it. I don't mm-hmm. know why we have it. That That's not mm-hmm. okay with me. A big thing when I built this practice was knowing your why behind everything you do. And you'd be surprised mm-hmm. how many people don't know their why behind what they're doing. That's so true. I want to talk about you building this practice because when I first moved to Miami, I don't know if I ever told you this. When I first moved to Miami, I was asking around like, oh, where's a good med spa or like facial place? So many people mentioned you. 
So word of mouth, people really love you and love your practice. So I want to talk about first your why. Why did you decide that you want to open your own space and how did you build it? Because it's you have facials, you have, as you said, injectables, body studio. Walk me through your journey when you're building this. I think a lot of it was I manifested it because I always, I kind of saw myself here always and in a lot of ways. Being a clinical educator was one of the greatest things I've ever done in my career. The reason being is I would go to hundreds of offices and see how everyone did everything. I was not quite a client, but I wasn't staff. And I got to see a lot of things. And and there was a lot of pearls out there like, wow, these people are doing this really great. And there was a lot of things like, I just don't feel like that's being done that well. And, you know, I had a practice in Seattle with a remarkable plastic surgeon and I, I helped build, build his whole non-invasive side. So I, I already had kind of did a trial run with this. So when I came to Miami, you know, people thought I was crazy. They were like, it's Miami. It's saturated with medical aesthetics. It's the city where everyone wants to look good. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I just don't, I don't think, I think it's missing something. And I'm happy to be a unicorn and stand out. I made myself, I basically said to myself, what do you want to achieve here that's different? And that was where luxury meets warmth meets innovation, meets education. You take those four pillars, they're hard. Luxury and warmth together are really tough to do. And the other principle that I laid down was, I want every single person to be treated like my mother. If my mother came to the practice, what would I do for her? When she used to come to Seattle, I would like roll out the red carpet. I wanted her to have everything perfect, the perfect treatment, the perfect post-care, the perfect follow-up, the call the next day. And I was like, if I can do that for every patient, might be exhausting, it may be 120% every time, then I don't think I can go wrong. And that's still Mm -hmm. my policy today. If you ask any of my girls, you treat everyone like Mm -hmm. your mom or you can insert best friend. But that Mm -hmm. person that if they were coming to your home, which this is a big part of my home, how would you want them to feel? Because if you pick and choose that feeling for certain people, it's never going to work. It's consistency over time and it's making that effort every time. And I just didn't see that anywhere else. And that's really what, why I think my practice has grown as successfully as it has. And at the end of the day, like if you treat everyone like your mom, then you care everyone. You care about everyone like that too. And I do, you know what I mean? I I think you're only as good as your reputation and that's really important to me. So if somebody's listening to this and they are thinking about opening their own practice, what kind of advice can you give them? Besides the the mom advice is amazing. Like I love this example of like treating everybody the same because consistency is key. And if you decide, oh, I'm going to treat her amazing and then I'm going to treat her friend, you know, maybe you don't even know their friends. And then, yeah, your consistency is everything. Yeah, it's, it's such a simple principle, but it's like, think, apply it to any aspect of your life. And it's like remarkable. <laughs> I would say be a sponge, like go work somewhere where they are going to really teach you the ins and outs of this business because it's not for the faint of heart. I mean, entrepreneurship as a whole, I mean, you know, like it's just not, you know, when I moved to Miami, the other thing I will tell you is, and everyone who's very close to me knows this. And sometimes I have to remind myself, I put blinders on like a racehorse. I put them on both sides and I only look forward. And Mm -hmm. occasionally my blinder starts falling off and I'm like, Oh, put it back on because (laughs) that's me staying in my lane. And doing what's best. I I think people get very distracted and they get very overwhelmed. Well, so-and-so is doing this. Well, so yeah, I mean, there were taxis and then there was Uber 
I mean, mm. people are going to do things better. You know what I mean? People are going to do things different. There's enough faces in this whole world and country for lots of people to be very good at it. Like I'm a true mm-hmm. girl's girl. Like when I'm like, I really hope those people do well. I, I don't see it as competition. I know that's really hard, but you take that off the table and lots of magic happens because it, it's not, it's just, everyone's kind of doing their thing in a different way. And people are going to choose people that they really relate to and they feel really comfortable with and they feel taken care of and, and everyone's choice is going to be different, you know? So my advice is learn everything, be a sponge and don't cut corners. That's a huge thing I've learned as I've gotten older. I applied to everything in my life. Like some things are just really hard and doing it the right way is not always easy, but like, I don't cut corners. Like I, mm-hmm. I walk through it, whatever I have to walk through, whether it's expanding, whether if it's sometimes you have employee turnover after things that you can't control. And it's like, Oh my God, I have to start all over again mm-hmm. with this. But it's like, that's part of it, you know? Um, and stay present because, you know, you really only have what you have today. And that's another thing I have to gently remind myself. And it, it's kind of probably more of a spiritual thing for me, but it's like, if you get so caught up in planning, like three years ago, I didn't know any of this was three and a half years ago. I didn't know any of this was going to happen, but every day mm-hmm. you nick away at something and like, it's remarkable. Mm-hmm. You, you look back and sometimes I just posted the other day about my first article where someone else named me the skin savant Lewis. Yeah. I'll, I'll thank him forever. Cause it was a beautiful thing that he did it. And a lot has come from it, but I look back and I'm like, I had no idea. You know what I mean? I just kind of did the next thing that was in front of me that felt right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I acted on, I act a lot on my, my gut and not always my first thought, but my gut and it's guided me, but you have to go into this with a passion and like a fierceness. If you want to stand out, like, I love this. Like I'll be here all week, 60 hours. If I have to be that week. And like, you'll catch me at Soho house reading new beauty. Like that's just, that's how I am. It's not like I'm like, I need a break. You're living and breathing your industry. I love that. I love it. I mean, I I love it. I think it's really cool that it's changing so fast and so quick, even though it could be hard to keep up sometimes. I I just have found when I see women walk a little bit taller out of my office or like some of the before and afters, I'm totally invested in before and afters. I'm crazy about photography. Like I want to see it. It just makes me like my hair is standing up now. I just get that. That's what feeds my soul. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The only other thing that comes close to it is being a mom, which is my primary first job. And the other thing that feeds my soul. How do you, I have so many questions for you, but (laughs) okay. Let me ask you first, we're going to get to the mom stuff because I am always curious how do business women handle their, their personal and their private life. But I want to stick on the practice for a bit. You mentioned something that I still struggle with sometimes, and that is comparison. And maybe, you know, there's a difference between doing market research and just looking at what everybody else is doing. And then sometimes you get confused, like with me and content, like I have to go on TikTok and Instagram and I have to see what's trending, what are other people doing. But sometimes if I consume too much content, I'm going to start creating content that I see other people doing, but I might not even like creating that type of content. And I recently had like this big strategy call with my team and we were just talking about different types of content that I've been creating. And they're like, okay, tell me what, how, how did this video feel? How did that video feel? And I'm sometimes like, this video felt like homework. And then this video felt super easy. So how do you still 
you know, you're looking around, you, you see what's trending, but you're still st- standing in your lane because you mentioned something like you're, you had your blinders. Sometimes they're like falling down a little bit. So like, how do you keep them back up? I don't know. I think it's like at the end of the day, it's just like a question I ask myself. You know what I mean? I do a run through of my day at night. It's just a practice that I have. And, and like, I think it's tough. You know, the other day I was on Instagram and I do this sometimes when I'm mindlessly like I'm going to bed. It's like, I'll look at it. Sometimes I don't actually, we plan my content ahead of time. So sometimes I'm not sure what was on that day. Cause I'll just come in and start doing patience. And maybe I'll look at myself and be like, Oh, okay. And I'll be like, God, do I need media training? I don't know if I'm, I'll start picking it apart. A lot of times mm-hmm. I'll tell, you know, I have the most amazing social media team, um, Mika, Mika G creative. And sometimes I'll be like, don't show me because I was just my most authentic self in that video. Mm-hmm. And it, I felt it like I, kn- I know mm-hmm. that I was, I wasn't tired. I wasn't overworked. And that's what I want the world to see. Maybe I didn't, maybe I wasn't standing up tall enough or it was my bad side, but I almost don't want to see it because I will pick it apart. I think just knowing what, what can be somewhat triggering can be like, you know what, maybe I need to take a break from social media. It's really interesting. Like one of the girls who works for me, I'm like, I don't really want to see anything. Can you just send me the question so I can make sure I answer it? She's like, yeah, no problem. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just so much information coming at you that it's hard not to compare. But comparison is the thief of joy, if you really think Mm -hmm. about it. So like, I don't want to be anywhere near that. At the same time, I'm a human being. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I just have grown a lot and have been through a lot of different things in the last 10 years where I just know that's not a healthy place for me to go. And I've seen the fruits of just with my blinders staying in my lane. It's not that I'm not happy Mm -hmm. or aware. It's just that I don't let those things influence what I do. And Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what you're saying in a way, like you don't want to get, you don't want to be like, Oh, I saw this influencer doing this, you know, like lots of people right now, you'll see they're like doing the products on their face and whatever. And it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like, I don't, no one (laughs) needs the world to see another product, put another person putting, a cleanser on their face. You know what I mean? So like I'm developing something really cool and different that I'm doing in a segment mm-hmm. coming up. Um, mm-hmm. So I just think to myself, like, what would, what do you want to do, Amy? Like, what do you, that's another mm-hmm. big thing. I always say, what would you want? When I built this, everything in here is what I want selfishly. Mm-hmm. Like I want all these. I love it. Mm-hmm. I, I love being a little selfish in life. <laughs> you have to, you know, this is what I want. So I, And I want it to look this way. And I want beautiful chandeliers in every room. I want to feel Mm -hmm. a certain way, but I also want to feel like super warm and taken care of. So I like just really, it was pretty simple. Like I, you know, I I do what I think people want and guess what? Not everyone's going to agree with me. That's one hard Mm -hmm. thing that I've had to learn recently is I was telling my husband the other night, like, God, you know, it's great that you get more followers, but you're also welcoming like a lot, you know, I feel bad for these major celebrities. Like I see why people get like totally burned out, and mental breakdown. Yeah, it's yeah. really hard because it's great when everything is going well, but then everyone has an opinion. And I see why mm-hmm. people turn off their comments and do things because they don't want that ne- negative energy to flow inside. But at the same time, it's like, as long as you know, you're not going to please everyone. Like you're mm-hmm. not everyone's cup of tea. Like you got to mm-hmm. be okay with that because chasing that is just not going to happen. But putting out honest, authentic content, treating people like with ethical, like, you know, I'm very ethical about things like integrity. I mean, treating everyone like your mom, you're not Mm going to rip off your mom. You're not going to do these things. Like, 
at the end of the day, I'm like, look, I, I did the best I can. I, th- I did what felt right to me. I think it's that simple. Speaking of um, people not agreeing with you, I see that every single day on my content. Yeah, and <laughs> I I have days when I'm just like, why am I even doing this? Why am I allowing all this bullshit to come through my, you know, my phone? Should I block people? I mean, I block people every single day, but then it's like, if you, if you don't stand for something, you're just, I don't know, you're just existing. I stand for certain things and I have my opinion and I have my principles and I have my standards. And if you don't agree with them, like, that's fine. You don't have to, I'm not forcing you to agree with me. I like live your life. I'm just like trying to create content that other people might benefit from. But yes, there's a lot of nonsense, nonsense on social media and a lot of people just saying random things for clicks, for this, for that. So I would like for you to tell me a few things that you've been seeing on social media that is not really correct. And for people who might be looking for skincare tips online, some things that you notice that like, oh, that's not really how, you know, how things go. I mean, the best thing I could say is, let's just say news, like general news that everyone listens to. There's a couple outlets that you probably know are going to give you the news. Now, maybe they're left, maybe they're a little bit right, but like, it's the truth. Like, I love, I love the topic of like, um, when I, I would talk to people, I'm like, Global warming, that's a people issue. That's not Republican, that's not Democratic. There's no, like everywhere in the world, like we we need to solve global warming to survive, right? (laughs) So a lot of times I wish things were like that because it's just like everyone bound together. We don't want the glacials. I mean, after going to Iceland this summer, I'm very much like, God, this, we need to get on this. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, But like, if you go to a respectable news outlet to get your information, like for me, sometimes I'm reading the Wall Street Journal. Sometimes I'm reading the New York Times. But, you know, I see if they mess up, they write it down there. Like, it's information that's coming to me. Some people choose not to do that and they go to these left or right to get information. I think the same with beauty and skincare advice. Go to a publication that you truly trust and that they have experts doing it. Sure, like, I remember when I was younger, something came across, I think it was... um. Cosmo Girl or one of those little publications, which was like the teen version. I can't remember, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Teen Vogue or something. It was kind of like the first print TikTok. And it was like these little hacks that you can do. And one of them was putting eggs in your hair as a mask. It wasn't described really well. And like, I don't think you were supposed to put the yolk in, but I ended up with like the worst situation in my hair ever, like trying these things. And I remember being like, I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore. Like I'm going to like stick to like the shampoo and conditioner. I'm just not going to put eggs in my hair. <laughs> I say that because like, it was like a new spin on things. And it's kind of like, I think things that are serious, you just have to know. I, I saw some like mold removal by a person on TikTok. Oh God. Oh God. Mole removal is a surgical procedure that should be done by a dermatologist and it should be biopsied. Like that's just like, to me, that's just like totally unsafe and ridiculous. It's torture. I think like things that are, things that can't lead to disaster. Sure. Try it. Like I think makeup trends on TikTok are like so cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people don't know these tips and tricks. You know what I mean? I think when it comes to doing more, like, is there like a harm element in this? I wouldn't trust TikTok and try that out. 
And I think that goes for anything. And that's what I would tell my kids. Um, as far mm-hmm. as reading publications, I think you need to go to like new beauty is like a great source for a lot of that. Um, and I don't just like say that there's not a ton on there, but go to different people's blogs. You know what I mean? People have blogs, different practitioners. There's so many good ones in the country. Different derms have great, you know, Instagrams as well. Like we try to be really informative on our Instagram. And then like anything, if you're truly concerned, like seek a second opinion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's another way, like get a couple pieces of information and then whatever feels good and makes sense to you. But mm-hmm. I think it's got to be, you don't believe everything you read in Star Magazine. Like you actually believe you shouldn't, at least. <laughs> 90% of it. Maybe some people do. I just don't think it's worth the the risks that some of these like dangerous things that are people are recommending out there. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I'm not going to about- stop it. I want to talk a little bit about actual like treatments and procedures. Like when would somebody go for, and again, I know everything is like very individual and you need to see a patient to determine like what they need on their skin. But when would somebody get like a laser versus a peel versus, um, you know, just like a facial? I don't think I ever gotten a laser done on my face. It really depends on the indication. So it's like a lot of people seek um, lasers when they have like pigmentation or something like that, or they want to glow up or they feel like their cell turnover, like is getting slower. Obviously that's going to happen as you age, you know, you stop producing as much hyaluronic acid, fiber and elastin, anything that you do too much of is not great. So a lot of times like skin cycling became a big thing with products. And it's true. Like you shouldn't be changing every single week or day, but like you should have a rest period. Your body is always trying to reach homeostasis. Okay. So it's always trying to figure out everything. That's why this dry shampoo that you may love in six Mm -hmm. months, you're like, God, I feel oily again. It figured it out, right? It Mm -hmm. produced more oil. So your body is really smart. I'm starting to see like people that like almost become IPL resistant where like they've done so much IPL or like it's not working for me anymore. I think not only with products, but I think it's happening with lasers. So that's like a good change to like switch into a peel. Or the biggest thing now is like combo treatments, like Mm -hmm. Aerolase and like a Mandelic peel are like best friends. Like Mm -hmm. they're a beautiful combination. So I don't think you have to pick and choose. When I built the practice, I was like, I'm not building a practice. It took me, you know, 18 years to do this. I'm not launching a practice until I have almost everything that I need like to mm-hmm. really be able to tr- to treat from my toolbox in a way that I can. I don't always know that people have that in the beginning. You know what I mean? Like they just, they, these are really mm-hmm. capital intensive devices. So I think we really get to pick and choose and customize, but sometimes you'll go, you know, it depends where you go. You'll go to a spa and they'll like be like, oh, we can do this little peel add on and it's great exfoliation, but you just have to know it's not a laser. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think cycling, I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm answering your question the best, but Everything can be useful to a certain degree. It just depends on the skin and you don't want to keep doing the same things over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll I'll give you a more specific question. Let's say that we have a girl listening and she is not in Miami, so she cannot go to you, but she maybe wants to just get a facial or or some kind of treatment for the very first time. And she's worried about getting into a a med spa or a facial spot where they're just going to either rip her off or give her something that it's not going to be good for her. So like, what would you say is like a safe first treatment? Safe first treatment, like a hydrofacial. Very basic. Mm-hmm. I love hydrofacials. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, brilliant company, mm-hmm. feels, you know, super hydrating, feels clean. 
That's what I would say. If you're thinking of an introduction to lasers, I think a clear and brilliant laser is amazing, um, super light. You can actually go even lighter than the highest setting and just get a nice exfoliation. I think those two would be like, I want to get a facial or I'm ready for a laser. Like mm-hmm. those are kind of the intro. Oh, I have a, a very important question that I don't know how I didn't ask earlier. Skin sagging and uh, elasticity. What can we do to prevent that so we don't have to, you know, get a facelift when you're when we are in our fifties or sixties? Is there something we can do, like face massages or tools? I think all that helps with the lymphatic system and moving things and ultimately sculpting. I mean, your face. You know, you have your mattress, your sheets, then you have your muscle in there. Then there's volume in there. There's adipose, there's adipose, which is fat. I think genetics, the the honest, true answer is genetics play a huge role. I mean, almost anyone can look at their mom or grandma and see like Mm -hmm. what their area is. It's very obvious when they come in here, it's like, this is their area or their eyes. Everyone has like an area that's a tad bit more challenging or their neck, you know, preventative treatments are are kind of like, you know, you have your ultrasound, like soft wave is incredible for that. Um, super safe and really helps tighten the skin back up. Right now there's a new device. My new device, I got ultra clear coring. You'll probably be seeing the before and after photos on my Instagram. They're like out of control, insane, but that's like, you know, kind of right below a facelift for a more mature patient, you know, fluctuations in weight don't help. Mm. Um, you'll notice a lot of girls get sagging skin here because of fluctuations in weight. Anything people are going to do, you have to be consistent with, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have the new face, for instance, people ask me all the time, does it work? It does work if you use it. But 80% (laughs) of people that I know use it for two weeks, then they put it in the drawer and it collects dust. One of the newest devices I'm obsessed with is the Lima laser. And I tell people like, you need to give up your lattes for the year and just buy the Lima laser because I'm really incredibly impressed with it. It's a class one laser. But the thing I like about it is I literally do it everywhere. Like it's just Mm -hmm. in my purse. And like, I'll literally leave work, clean my face and be in the car and add a light and be doing it. You don't have to look in the mirror. There's no gel involved. You're doing Mm -hmm. it 10 minutes a day. Like I don't mind investing in it because I know I'm going to do it. Like I have all Mm -hmm. the devices because I always try them, but it's like making that time is is really Mm -hmm. challenging for people. So I think a lot of these could be great preventatively. I think microcurrent for the muscles, people forget about muscles all the time in the face, mm-hmm, but like so you don't forget that about that on the rest of your body, but microcurrent to kind of help tighten and firm those muscles, um, is incredible. So mm-hmm. there's a lot that you can do, but I don't think you can discount genetics and lifestyle, which are two major things. And gravity. That- <laughs> it's going to go down sometimes. <laughs> right. I mean, some people just have a better genetic for aging as far, you know, and, and that's just something mm-hmm. that, you know, so the other person might have to work a little bit harder. It's just like the people that are more prone to being overweight, like mm-hmm. versus a skinny girl. I mean, that's just kind of the cars that were dealt and you have to kind of address it as it is. But, mm-hmm. and, and by the way, I think facelifts are incredible. Like I really do. It, I'm not well, one I'll of those people. I'll get one like, if I need one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think if people get to that point and they want to do it and they know the risks and then they know everything, like I've seen some of the most, I've been in the OR with some of the most remarkable facelifts. Like I, I think they're incredible. I just think that that used to be the only option. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like my mom didn't have the option to do anything else, right? We do. 
Um, yeah. We do have the opportunity now to interject in our 30s and our 40s. So a lot of these devices, it's all about managing expectations. At the end of the day, that's the name of the game. You have a client come in. What is their expectations? I've been known to be like, look, I don't think you're, I know, I, I hear you. I don't think you're going to be happy with anything but a facelift. Like I truly don't. And I would never want you to feel like you're wasting your money or anything like that. And that's like a real authentic conversation. You know what I mean? But not everyone's ready for that. And then I've had people that said, I don't care that my face is down here. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I don't care that it's falling that much. I will not do surgery. And then I say, yeah. okay, well, these are your options, but it's never going to, you're never going to look like that before and after facelift. And then yeah, that's you're also going to look like the photo you're showing you're me if you out. don't do this. <laughs> I mean, I know when I was doing makeup and people would show me a photo of Kim Kardashian, who I love, and they're like, I want like just a soft glam like this. I'm like, there's nothing soft about this glam. It's just, it's just really nicely blended. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I want to talk about you a little bit and your life and your like day-to-day routine and you mentioned your mom so how do you juggle being a mom with running a really successful business yeah it's it's really hard I'm lucky that I love what I do and I have that passion and fierceness behind it um because that's a big driving motivator I have two boys James and Jack they're the best um you know I, I think when you're trying to do something like what I'm trying to do and be a mom you know something's got to give like it just can't, everything is How not going to be perfect all the time. There are seven and 10. Okay. Yeah. And by the Probably. way, I love being a boy mom. It's the best. I always thought I was going to have <laughs> girls probably because this, maybe all my girl came into this because I had boys, but yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it's like, first of all, you need a lot of good help. You need people that you can rely on to help you. I have a wonderful nanny. Um, I've always had wonderful daddies. I've been really fortunate. You know, my husband, and I are also really involved with our kids' life. Like I wasn't going to let like a nanny raise them. That was not okay with me. My mom was home mm-hmm. with me and she was a working woman. Like she just made it work. So, you know, something's got to get, I will say I'm probably not the most social person right now. Like friend, I have very good friends, you know, but the type of friends that like, if I don't talk to them for two or three months, like the people that I can count, count on to like pick things up exactly where they left off. There's no like, Oh, I didn't see you here. I didn't see you there. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have that tally going with anyone. I've chosen my friends like that. It's just that we're not, we don't do a lot of things without our kids. I mean, when we're, when I'm not here, like I'm typically with my kids, we travel with them. We Mm -hmm. kind of do everything with them. My husband and I just went on one trip together to the South of France for my, my birthday. I turned 40 and it was, it was awesome. You know what I mean? But we just know that this phase is not going to last forever. And we literally tell Mm -hmm. each other all the time, like, they did a sleepover the other night and I had to work. I was going to work out in the morning and my husband and I woke up and he was like, it's too quiet in here. I don't like it. Like he doesn't like it. He's like, I'm afraid for him when they leave. Cause they're, you know, they're just like this little trio, but I think it's like balance, knowing your priorities. One thing I work on all the time is knowing like when enough's enough. So like trying to put down the phone when I get home, because I could always be doing. And sometimes I see patients all day. I'm also running the business that it's like, I want to just get those last emails in, or I'll be like hiding down at the end of the street in my car, just trying to finish the thought. And I'm like, you know, that's not right now. I'm like, look, what's done is done today. That's what I can get done. And, and just maybe not moving as fast. I've learned because they're my priority. Like last night I watched Aladdin for two hours with my kids. I probably could have gotten a lot done, but like, it was awesome. You know what I mean? To see like Aladdin through their eyes and they're the most important things in the world to me. And I, honestly, I've thought about it a lot before I opened my business. I think they'll be really proud of me. 
Mm-hmm. Like I, I thought about it. Like, are they ever going to be like, God, my mom worked and she, you know, sometimes wasn't at everything. And then I think they're going to look back and be like, dude, my mom was a badass. And like, I'm so yeah. proud of her. So I, I'm okay with it. And I, and I try to make all their games and I try to do everything, but you know, something's got to give and we have seasons in life. So. No, I love it. And I, I love what you said that you guys do everything with them. And my boyfriend and I just went to a wedding recently and we have a small puppy and I was like, what am I supposed to do with him? And like, should I drop him off somewhere? And since we've been in Miami for, you know, not that long, we don't have that trusted system. Like you mentioned, like I don't have somebody, a go-to person where I can drop him off and he's just like a few months old and we brought him with and I had the best time just like seeing things through. I mean, I know like having a child and a dog is not the same, but I was like, it's so fun to see him just like running around looking at you know California like he was so excited seeing him on the plane it was just so fun to live life with someone and I'm sure that you know your kids one day they're gonna look at you as an example of a woman they want to be with they're not gonna just settle for like a random girl who's like yeah I don't know what I want to do with my life because you are a strong woman they're gonna be like I want somebody like my mom and I love that do they know what you do like do they understand the skincare world they are the curious most curious little kids which is something that I'm so happy we instilled in them. My husband is the most curious person, which is probably why he's a neurosurgeon, but um, he, they <laughs> want to know everything about everything. I mean, they used to say when they were little, mommy makes people look beautiful. And now they're like, oh yeah, my mom does lasers. She does this. She treats acne. Actually, my son asked me, hey mom, can I, um, this year, can I go to work with you on take your kid to work day? I'm like, yes, you can go to work with me. Aww. I would love for you to go to work with me and see it. And then more recently he said, mom, like when I get older and like have like a wife like, will you do her skin for free? I'm like, yes, baby, I'll do her skin for free. <laughs> like, I don't know where he got this I from, but I, was like, I love you, it. You know, I was like, it's not. And he's seen my husband get, um, which is really cool. My husband will do like preventative stuff for sunspots and, and he'll do Botox. Like, you know, he's a man and he's like, I care about the way I look. And he's not like overdone by any means, but he'll see my husband mm-hmm. healing and he'll be like, yeah, this was these brown spots. And I didn't, you know, or pre-cancers and I wanted to treat them. So no, they love it. And it, and like, I know they're really proud of me and like, mm-hmm. it's tough. I think it's tough also being a stay at home mom for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mm-hmm. think that's an easy job at all. Like I really don't. And I think it's, it's really hard. And in some ways, like, I don't know, I, I was a stay at home mom for about a year when I first moved to Miami and I just, I love being with my kids in that aspect, but something was so profoundly missing. It's like when you know in your soul that like, it just wasn't okay. You have like, more to give to the world. Be. Yeah. And they want, my kids really want a happy mom. They want like a happy, fulfilled mom. And I feel like, you know, this allows me to do that. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I, I tell people all the time, like there's seasons of life, like where things are a little bit tougher, you can't quite figure it out, or you're away a little bit more or, you know, and, and, and it all balances out in the end. Yeah. And then soon, I mean, I don't want to say soon enough, but like one day your kids are going to go to school and go to college. And then you would wish that you spend, you know, watching Aladdin at night instead of, you know, answering those emails. Yeah. Okay. I have one question that I ask uh, every guest and that is what piece of advice would you give to your younger self? Everything is going to be okay. Just keep going. Do the next right thing. I love it. I think it's scary at times. I think life can be scary and there's like, you're not sure of things. And I don't know. I've always been the type of person that 
like, I see this. I saw this for myself. I see what's happening. I tell the girls, like, my ceiling is way higher than this. Like, it's way higher. And it's not that I, it's just that for me, I kind of know, I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm not planning for it, but I just know the general way the direction is going. And I think when you're younger, sometimes you can find yourself um, a little in fear or like there's a little insecurity of the unknown. So I would Mm -hmm. tell myself to just keep going. It's going to turn out just right. Okay, I'm going to ask one more question because you just uh, gave me inspiration. If somebody like has all these dreams, but they are a little like they don't believe in themselves that much. Is there anything you can tell them? Like, how can they kind of gain that confidence to go after? You know, you said you you didn't know how you're going to create this practice, but you just knew that you will. How can they have like a little bit more faith in themselves? You just have to start doing start. That's my biggest piece of advice. People all the time are like, I have this idea. I have this idea. You know what I think is so badass? The people that execute, even if mm-hmm. they fail, because they did something about it. They started. And if they fail, mm-hmm. they probably learned something so amazing about it that they're going to take it into their next venture or whatever they're going to do. But you got to start somewhere. You know what I mean? And I don't think, you know, a lot of people in the skincare world that come out you know, it's even like I've seen this with residency, you know, with my husband going through this long residency, they get out and they're like, well, I don't know everything. They just got out of training. It's like, well, you just have to start. You know what I mean? Like your experience mm-hmm. is going to, it, it is from start till now. So if you never start, that never really happens. So just go for it. You know, a little bit of life is fake mm-hmm. it till you make it. You don't fake using a laser. You don't fake doing any of that, but you have to, you have to believe in yourself enough that you almost have to be unaware that you're not confident and just start. No, I say that because people are like, well, I don't want to fake it till I make it. But it's like, it's not that. It's that you're, you're, you are blocking yourself. So get yourself out of the way and just start doing something. And, you know, I don't know, manifest. I love it. I'm a huge manifester. So I, I think we can definitely talk about this for another few hours. But we're going to be mindful of, I'm going to be mindful of your time. I had so much fun talking to you. I feel like I learned a lot and I have to say, I love your practice and everything that you were saying, like feel luxury, but warmth. And it's, you definitely, you have that, like you, you manifested your business exactly the way you wanted it. So tell everybody where they can find you, where they can follow your Instagram, your socials, you're posting a lot of educational content, which I love. So tell me all of the links and pages and all that. Yeah. So our, um, my business Instagram is at skincare by Amy P and then at the real skin savant. And that's more of my take on a lot of different subjects, not just skin. And then you can find my practice in, uh, in South in South beach. It's off of Lenox, um, in Miami beach. And you can find us at www.skincarebyamypeterson.com. I love it. Well, thank you, Amy. This was awesome. And I'll see you everybody next week. Bye. Bye.